Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I am your host, Casper. I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And as you all probably know from my post, it is officially spooky season because Duncan has released their pumpkin spice lattes. Starbucks will be releasing their pumpkin spice lattes next week. It's officially spoopy season. Can I get a whoop? Oh, officially. Actually, can I get a... <clears throat> ooh. <laughs> yeah, what's this? Ooh. ooh. Not the boo, but the, not the boo. <clears throat> Speaking of the woo. We're here for the woos, not the boos. We, I mean, I like both. Same. As long as they're nice. Right. We are going to woo this weekend because we are going to West Virginia Penitentiary. That will be our episode next month. Week. Week. Yes. Time is relative. Um, no. It's going to be next week's episode where we're going to talk about our experiences. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of them. Because I think we're in for it. I'm so nervous. For I'm this so, one. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Yeah. Same. Super excited, though. Um, you know, you guys know that we do at least one um, place a year that we like to go do a ghost overnight ghost hunt. Uh, we're both very excited about that. And uh, we can't wait to talk about that next week. But before we get into this week's episode, because Becky's feeling better now, this week's episode about Robert Fisher, we're going to have a word from our sponsor. Calm your body down. Ding. Boys and girls of every age, would you like to see something strange? Come with us, then you will see. This and Turbo Bath Bombs. This is pumpkin bombs. This is pumpkin bombs. I love it. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. I was not <laughs> expecting that at all. And I was just going with it because I'm like. And you were like, wait, no, those aren't the words. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just so ready for fall. <laughs> Summer is a <laughs> toxic ex that will not fucking let go. <laughs> and we're right in that season, at least where we are, where it's starting to get like cool in the mornings and then blistering hot by the afternoon. So it's like, oh, we're almost there. So close. Um, I don't even mind wearing the hoodie in the mornings because I love those crisp fall mornings. It's really nice. It's, it's, I'm, oh, I'm ready for it to get here. But um, it'll be here before we know it. Uh, that's why last Friday, um, if you guys haven't already seen on the socials, that um, the pumpkin spice bath bombs are officially out. Um, so you can grab those on the Etsy shop. Um, the PSBs. Tattoo wax and Blueberry Lemonade are still half price. Those are the only ones that are half off right now. Um, and then everything else is free shipping. Um, all on Etsy. Calm your body down. Um, everywhere. Also, the CBD bombs tentatively should be here September. I'm trying to reach around like September 1st. Um, so I reposted on Calm Your Body Down. It's Becky's Bud Bombs on Instagram for that one. But there'll be links everywhere. Um, so are you so going to try yourself to... B-cubed? I should be. I should or be threed. Um there they sh I'm I had some issues with some uh molds, but now that I figured all that out, I uh, got that taken care of. So I'm trying to see around tentatively September. Um so yeah, everything will be on linked. Um actually, I've got everything I will eventually have everything linked in um I'm going to do like a link tree thing cuz I know that's like the new thing to do that it's all the kids really, are doing it's really nice you know what have. it does make things very easy when you don't <clears throat> when you 
don't want to try to keep up with like where everything's linked and it's all like under one. So um, it'll be linked under uh, my Becky Gremlin on Instagram if you follow me. It's a private page, but if you request to follow me and I know who you are or feel comfortable. Um, otherwise, you can still see my bio anyway, but the, the page will just be private if you don't follow me. But it'll have the link tree under the bio in the Becky Gremlin. But otherwise, it's just Becky's Bud Bombs or Call Me Body Down. But Becky's Bud Bombs should be here about around September. So thank you. Calm your body down. Bing. You guys. So, we're going to be talking about a terrible thing this evening. Um, this is our true crime episodes. These also, always get deep. So, Which I just noticed he was born April 13th, and I'm like, ah, he's an Aries man. Everything makes sense now. <laughs> um, so, last week we mentioned the 2B documentary, um, Where is Robert Fisher? That was filmed 10 years after the uh, murders. And... Um, it's just very, very interesting to watch. And I think a lot of people, if you didn't watch it yet prior to the podcast, you should. Um, because I didn't know anything about this until I happened upon the documentary, like, a I think, like, when I first got Tubi. Because I really like documentaries. And Tubi has a lot of them. And they're they're some of them are actually pretty good. And uh, I saw this one and I was like, I don't know who this guy is. Like, I've, I have don't, I've never heard of this case. I don't have a clue. And I watched it and I was like, oh my fucking God. And I thought with it, um, you know, now this year being exactly 20 years and there still is a possibility that he's out there and still alive. I just thought, you know, I haven't really seen, there is one YouTuber that did a really good podcast about this not too long ago. And I, came across a couple of them on YouTube, but I have really not heard any other true crime podcasts I listen to. I haven't really, I haven't heard anybody talk about Robert Fisher. So, um, with the fact that it's a possibility that he's still alive and out there somewhere, that was another big reason why I, why I talked to Casper and was really passionate about wanting to do this. Um, because, you know, I mean, he's still on the FBI's most wanted list. So there there could be a possibility that he's still out there. And he, the other thing that if you guys watch the 2B thing that, that you'll notice, um, and even if you looked at our socials and saw the pictures that we posted, um, especially of like the age progression that the FBI wanted list is posted, he blends, I hate to say it, but he literally looks like every other average white guy that I've ever seen. Like... He could blend in so well that he could live, if he's still alive, he could literally be anywhere. That's what's really crazy about this is because I've, I've seen a guy that looks like this a million times. I like, see a guy that looks like this every time I go out anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I do too. <laughs> like every, he looks like every average white guy. Yeah. He really, truly does. So it's like, I know they were trying to say like, he has certain distinctive marks and we'll get into that. Um, but like... I don't, I you're really not going to know, know that else. unless you're up on him. Like you're not going to. Well, the one they mentioned is he's had back surgery. So he slightly walks with a limp. And right. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if I would necessarily notice that to be honest. I mean, unless, unless he had like a tattoo or something distinguishable, I really wouldn't know what to look for. He looks like every average white guy. I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, he does. 
you know, they people don't like to search, but um, a lot of white guys look alike. So, it's kind of this one. I mean, they really do. Like, we all know what that, like, average white guy look is. I mean, there's been memes about it, and they all fucking, they, I could not pick them out from a crowd. <laughs> it's like the one guy there's exactly a comedian. He goes, I've just got one of those faces where no matter where I am, it looks like I work there. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, you do. Sorry, sir. Every white guy that walks into a Home Depot. Do you work here? You're like the fifth person that's asked me that. No. Somebody walked into <laughs> my roommate's store and asked one of her employees if she worked there. And she was wearing the co- the, the costume. She was wearing the... Oh, the smock they have. Yeah. Smock. You know what I'm the, trying to say? Yeah. The, the apron, the, the apron yeah. smock thing they have to wear and she that said, clearly says the giant name of... <laughs> and she goes, no, this is my Halloween costume early. I've, had, I've been dressed like this. I'm wearing basketball shorts and a t-shirt and been at, like, Target. Mind you, it's all black. And they're like, do you work here? And I'm like, no. I want to be like, if I worked here, don't you think I would be wearing... Everybody at Target has a red shirt. Everybody. <laughs> don't go into Target with a red shirt if you don't work at Target, because you will get asked. But apparently you can go in there in a t-shirt and basketball shorts and you'll still get asked. I don't think they were paying attention to where they were. I don't think they were. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they were paying attention. No. I should have said, no. Back in the day when Toys R Us's were around, they you had to wear a blue. And I think I still have it. I don't think I ever turned it in. Because I was seasonal. And I was like, fuck this job. But like, <laughs> Toys R Us, they made you wear a smock. And it had Joffrey on the back of it. And I couldn't tell you how many times people were like, do you work here? I'm like, no, I just walk around with a smock with a giant fucking cartoon giraffe on the back of it. (laughs) It said Toys R Us on the front, had a name badge and everything. I remember finding out that, I remember finding out George Harrison died that year that I worked there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had like the weirdest like flashback memory. Not that that, oh, it's anybody that's young enough that he was in the Beatles. I don't know if I, I swear to God, if there's somebody listening to this that like, who's George Harrison? I'm going to throw myself off the bridge. Who's George Harrison? Wow. Did you hear why I even said that? I just, I don't remember. Like, like, George Harrison. Where did that come from? No, I just, I don't know why my brain, I was in, a, I was, this is my senior year of high school and I was, uh, I was working there seasonal. And they happened to come over the PA and said that George Harrison died. And I was like, God damn it. My mom remembers. And then it just made me think for a second, like, there could potentially be people listening to this that are going to go, who's George Harrison? And I'm going to yeet myself up. He was in the Beatles. (laughs) (sighs) You know, it just made me think that for half a second, that there could potentially be people listening to this and we don't know who the Beatles are. And I'm just like, oh my God. If I say Paul McCartney and you really don't, I'm not that old. You're not. We just have the. I old worked soul. with someone three years ago that didn't know who Carrie Fisher was. So, yep, never seen Star Wars. Didn't know who Princess Leia was. You don't even need to see Star Wars to know who Carrie Fisher she is. She had a clue. Well, that's why I said I was like, she's like, well, I've never seen Star Wars. I was like, she's been in other movies. I, I always was like love literally when she... rattling off other men. They're like, nope. No when a wild no. Carrie Fisher shows up in Scream Three, I'm like, ah. <laughs> She was one of these people I was like, she was in Screen 3. She's like, I don't watch horror movies. And I was like, okay, well then we have nothing to talk about. 
I'm gonna tell you right now, there's certain if you there's certain things you're gonna drop on me where I'm just gonna be like, then we have nothing, nothing to talk about. I've seen <laughs> horror movies that no one has ever heard of. Same. Or the people who have are the ones like me who are like, ooh, this has a cool cover. Let's watch this. Now, granted, that's not my whole existence, but if no. you flat out or like, I don't like any horror, like nothing, like throw a thriller out there, even. Like, like nothing. Red like, eye. All I watch, like all I watch is romantic comedies. I'm gonna be like, no. <laughs> you like because I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Like, have you seen the movie Rough Night? It. No. Okay, listen. So Damn. I completely forgot about this movie. <laughs> I own it, but I completely forgot about it because I only saw it in theaters. That's happened to me before. Scarlett Johansson is in it. Um, Zoe Kravitz, Bo Burnham. Um, oh my god, I remember um, this movie, but I didn't see it. It is fucking hilarious, and it has uh, really Kate McKinnon. Thank you, and Kate McKinnon and her very very thick Australian accent. <laughs> Oh my god, it is so fucking funny. It's so much funnier than I remembered it, and it's very dark. So I've been telling a lot of people, I'm like, watch it, because it's fucking funny, because basically it's a bridesmaid's party, and they accidentally kill a guy. Oh, that's right! <laughs> it's fucking great. Oh my god. I need to watch. Also, I just want to throw something in there real quick before we get started, because I know he's gone extremely viral, at, at least the songs that are in it. Oh, Bo. Please, I am imploring everyone to watch Inside, it's so this good. special on Netflix. It, it's so good. I think it, so I haven't seen Suicide Squad or Black Widow yet, but at least for now, it's the greatest thing I've watched in 2021. <laughs> it is single-handedly the greatest thing I've seen so it's far. It's very good. It's incredible. I mean, I just, I love, like, you guys know, my husband and I love stand-up comedy. Like, we love stand-up comedy and we have been Bo Burnham fans for a very long time and I love this like he he just takes it to a level where he gave zero fucks and he let everybody know and it just it was incredible and it was amazing and it was hysterical and I I love look I'm gonna tell you right now too there are a lot of bitches that I follow on Instagram and every single one of y'all should be personally attacked by a white woman's Instagram. And that is all I'm going to say. I'm attacked by white woman's Instagram. And I don't post a lot of what he said. But I posted a good... I was like, yeah. I follow a lot of white chicks on Instagram. And every single one of you bitches. I was watching that and I was like... Then again, I did post a selfie today with a uh, pumpkin spice latte in my hand. Tiny pumpkin. What was that? <laughs> I literally couldn't. I was dying. <laughs> I started going through the chicks, like some of, some of the people I know. Some of them are even like, because I don't think yours is that bad. But some oh, of them are people some, that but... I like care about, and I'm going, I'm going like, well, <laughs> I mean, she is white, so <laughs> like it, you know, it. I like. He just. All I'm gonna say is he nailed it. He nailed it. I drink nailed it milk out of by itself out of a glass. He just he just Hey, at it. least I don't fucking have my box of cereal and I'm like, I'ma drink this glass that of was milk some and homicidal. eat my cereal. That's homicidal. That's that homicidal really white shit. 
that's you're a psychopath that's all i'm gonna say like any if i ever see anybody do that i'm gonna be like run run like just run far away she's a runner she's a track star <laughs> Ooh, she's a little <laughs> runaway. <laughs> How many songs like, can no, we the fuck out of here with the word "run"? Oh my god! Okay. All right, guys. So now that we've had our lighthearted know, talk, we're trying to get it. It was really funny though because when I was watching it, I completely forgot like the entire cast, and I was like, "Hey, Wild Bo Burnham." I've heard up. of that, <laughs> and I was like, "God damn it, I need to watch it's it." Funny, and Colton Haynes shows up out of nowhere too, and I was like, "A wild Colton <gasps> Haynes shows up." He. I know who called- oh my god, that was so loud. I am so sorry. I busted everybody's eardrums because I was like, oh, wait a minute, I know. And it's funny because he plays a straight guy. My gay excitement. And can, when you, can, that screech you guys heard, that was my, because I had to think for a minute and then I realized who he was and then that was my gay excitement that came out. Him and Kate that. McKinnon both play straight people. No. And Zoe Kravitz plays a lesbian. and I, Or no. not a lesbian, she's bisexual. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. No. I can never see Colton Haynes as a straight man. He's very gay. Like, I can't. He was straight in Teen Wolf, but I can't. I didn't watch Teen Wolf, but I just, yeah. He's never going to be straight. Ever. It's okay. Me. Same. Like I just I can't. I will never. Think it's it. like Sarah Paulson so playing weird. straight. You're like, ew! It's gross. I don't like that. It's gross. I don't like it. I don't like it. She was a voice on Family Guy the other night when we were watching it. And oh I was God. laughing so fucking hard because she was playing herself, but she was Peter Griffin's ex-wife. Oh my! And God. I was like, what? And Lois found out that she was still getting alimony payments. I was like, what the hell is this? It was. So I think it was an older family. I think I forgot all about it. I was like, that, I was like, that is actually Sarah Paul. <laughs> and Rick was like, how do you, and I was like, we would know. I know Sarah Paul. Just creepily. I know. I just, in the creepiest stalkerish ever. I know. What her I just know. Like, I'm sorry. That sounds <laughs> terrifying. But, like, you know. I know it, too, because she's got a cute little lisp. It's fucking adorable, and yeah. I love her lisp. And some people just have a very distinctive voice. Speaking you're of like, her, oh, that's that's who that is. Yeah. yeah Laura Prefit. I, I know that yeah. voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me, too. Same. Um, yep. she, uh, what is the day? The 18th. One week from tonight, if you are not aware of this, season 10 of American Horror Story starts oh, yes thank you one for week that. from tonight if you guys didn't know because usually it doesn't start in august usually it starts in october but they decided to start early this year um so just to let you guys know uh week from tonight is the first american horror story of season 10 and this is going to be the one with macaulay calkin in it which i am and apparently dying. there's a sex scene between him and kathy bates and i'm like i don't know what to do with that information i don't really know what to do with that information either I'm not gonna know what but to I do mean, with it when what? I see it. I'm gonna be they like, have they've they've fucked me up on American Horror Story before, so I don't really know if there's. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not even gonna say. It. I'm not even gonna put that out in the universe because Ryan Murphy's brain. I'm I'm literally not gonna put that out in the universe. You know, because I'm just excited yeah. that Sarah Paulson's back. I'm excited that Kathy Bates is back. Sweet. I'm excited that Evan Peters is back. 
all of the like emotions. I just I'm very happy that Emma Roberts isn't same okay so well, I mean she had a baby and congrats and yay she had a baby um, with one of Danielle's husbands oh I was like I'm sorry sometimes our husbands and wives date people we don't want them to you know it happens it's okay so guys Robert Fisher was born on April 13th 1961 he was born the same year as my mother uh, he is an American fugitive wanted for allegedly killing his family and blowing up the house in which they lived in Scottsdale, Arizona on April 10th, 2001. The bitch almost did it on his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why I said, like, there, you know, you can't say that there's not a connection. So he was born in 61, so as of right now, he would be 60. Um, his occupation at the time, he was a surgical technician. Uh, respiratory therapist and firefighter, fire, 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 fire. I guess he was a firefighter. A firefighter. Um, yeah, he was 39 years old at the time that the crime happened. Um, yes. He disappeared. And he's been missing for 20 years, four months, and eight days. That's fucking crazy to me. Uh, Fisher served in the United States Navy. I worked as a firefighter and in the medical field. He married Mary Fisher in 1987, and they had two children, Bobby and Brittany. The Fishers had a difficult family life. Robert was described as displaying cruel and controlling conduct towards his family and on many occasions was reported to have exhibited disturbing and violent behaviors. His own parents divorced when he was 15 and this was believed to have played a role in the difficulties that he later experienced. He did not accept it. He didn't know. Because his sister, his sister even They interview about it. his yeah. sister extensively and she's been interviewed a number of times over the years and one of the things that she said was like, it didn't really bother me too much when my parents divorced, but, like, he took it as the entire family was fractured. So that's yeah. why there was so much pressure with him and Mary that no matter what, he was going to keep this marriage together. Like, it didn't matter what happened. There was just there was just literally no way that they were going to get a divorce because to him that meant that the entire family was going to be ripped apart. Um, so, like we said, April 10th, the family's home exploded, uh, 2001. His wife and two children were found dead. Their throats had been slit, and Mary had a bullet in the hole in the back of her head. Robert, along with Mary's car, was absent. Police named him as their only suspect in the killings. On April 20th, Mary's car was discovered in a forest near Payson, Arizona. Robert's current whereabouts are unknown. On June 29th of 2002, he was named by the FBI as the 475th fugitive to be placed on the list of FBI 10 most wanted fugitives you know come to think of it and i can't remember if this was mentioned in the documentary but a lot of i now that i'm looking back um you know it's hard to believe that a lot of this stuff that happened in 2001 it's like once 9 11 happened that just kind of like eclipsed everything so that could have been a big reason why this just sort of like lost traction because this this was in april yeah this literally happened five months before um 9-11 happened and you know i was i was old enough to remember that so i yeah the literally the whole world stopped like the like the way now like where for better or for worse like all you're hearing in the fucking news is corona 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 like all you heard all you heard on like everything was 9-11 like that was it and i mean like for months like it was just that was ever. That was all you ever heard. That was all over the news. So that I could see that that was why this was basically like not really. It was kind of forgotten. Forgotten about, you know, because 
everything went fucking crazy <laughs> for a day. So, um, that honestly felt like a lifetime. Like I remember it. I mean, I was in high school. I was so in third grade. It was, it was really crazy because it was, it was sort of like, I, I remember telling my husband, like he remember, like he was in school when the challenger blew up. So like he remembers seeing that, <laughs> like they wheeled the TV in. To the room. I remember that too. And they were like, "We're canceling to watch... school today." Well, the Challenger thing—the reason why that was so important for schools—is because one of the astronauts was a teacher, and she would have yeah. been the first teacher in space. So they wheeled like TVs into all these classrooms so the kids could watch the first teacher in space. And you know, at the time, my husband was a little kid, like elementary school, and there's all these little kids, ah, and all of a sudden, it just boom blows up. And he said that, like, they turned the TV off immediately. But, like, the kids knew. Like, you yeah. fucking knew. But, like, for me, like, I was a junior in high school. We had just had... Now, this is what's so crazy. It was it was homecoming. So, homecoming. So, we had just had a Mothers Against Drunk Driving uh, assembly. Because they always did something like that. If you were in high school, they always did some... If you went to public high school, there was always some kind of drunk driving thing before homecoming and prom every fucking time. makes sense That's every why. time um but yeah of course so like i remember like sweet got out of latin class get to go to this assembly coming back for the assembly walk into science class i walk into science class my teacher is crying shout out to miss farrell uh <laughs> you're she was like fucking awesome though she was like the best science teacher ever. <laughs> shout out to miss farrell she was crying i look at the tv and the second plane flew into the building. Now, I was 16. So I had like no, I don't know why at that time I had like no concept of the Twin Towers. Like I knew what they were and where they were. But like, it didn't, it took me like 10, it took, it seemed like forever to realize that I thought that was a preview for also a lot of people don't realize around that time there was a action movie with Arnold Schwartz I know I'm like way off kilter here we'll get back in the story for a minute but there was an action movie called Collateral Damage that Arnold Schwarzenegger the trailer had been playing that same year and there's a scene in the movie that they later cut out because the movie was about terrorists yeah. there was a scene in the movie that they later cut out where a helicopter flew into a building so for some reason, I thought this was like previews for that movie until I saw the CNN ticker across the bottom and realized that like, oh, this is like happening right now. Like, like this is real life. Like they just did that. Like, and then the second plane and I was like, because if everybody remembers, like when the first plane hit, nobody had any idea. Everybody thought it was an accident maybe something happened it it took it at least to the public it didn't none of us realized till the second plane hit that this was deliberate because it was circling it was circling and then it crashed into the tower so nobody when you're watching it you don't realize till the second one that it's like oh my god we're under attack somebody did that on purpose so it was like it was like a it was like a fever dream i don't even like the whole rest of that day i just like floated from class to class like Every classroom had a TV on and every single one was tuned into like whatever 24 hour news cycle was on and like kids were praying. There was like, 
it was just it was just the weirdest like there was no it was like everything just stopped it was like no concept of what was going on and well i remember when it happened my teacher shot miss baker <laughs> i know right third you got good grade. teachers you're like shout out shout out miss baker um she brought in a tv and i was in third grade and um she said we're not gonna have school today we're gonna watch the news all day yeah because she also said, we may be leaving school early. We right now are just trying to see what happens because, you know, it's very possible something could happen here. Because, like, nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Well, I remember midday, once they realized that they thought we were under attack, the reason why around here they were considering having people leave early is because our proximity to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Right. So yeah. where we are in Ohio, we're literally just like we're, we're not one we're city away, away from Wright Patterson Air Force. We are one hour. I've driven away. past there many times. Yeah, so we're very close. So that was once it was like the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, and then the Pentagon. Yeah. The Pentagon was the big one because at that point they figured it was a military strike and they thought that any army bases were going to get hit. So because of our proximity to Wright Patterson Air Force Base, Cincinnati, like they got really scared. But um, they didn't send us home early. Uh, I don't know if they did any of the schools, but I know we didn't. I think um, we did. I, I mean, being in third grade, I think I was. But I remember going. Yeah, we home. were in high school, so maybe not. I don't. I don't know if they did for the. I was so weird. I remember going home and mom and dad having it on all night long, and I was just doing a puzzle on the floor. In the living room, and I remember seeing it played over and over and over and over and over and over and, over and like. Bush talking and everyone talking and it just didn't make any it was weird if you were if you were young it just like especially for me it was like the first time I had ever like in my lifetime ever witnessed anything like that well to be completely honest with you I was so young I didn't yeah understand you didn't the severity understand what was like situation. it was like well you would have been the same age that my husband was when he saw the challenger blow up so it was like the same thing you're like an eight nine year old you don't know what the no fuck. you're like you have no concept obviously of what there's that is. this is serious well yeah you but... know something like you know they've been in there's, there's an explosion you know something hit this building you know something's fucked up but you are a little kid you mm -hmm. have no real concept of what that and everyone in was... the grand scheme of it you really don't know what right. that means also you know it's serious talk but... about how <laughs> we wonder why millennials are fucked up we've been through that a recession we've been through a lot of that a fucking pandemic and we're still going <laughs> been through a lot <laughs> A lot of trauma. There's so much to unpack. That's why we're in therapy. I didn't bring my backpack with me today. I brought my fucking house. Backpack, backpack. I'm sorry, I know why I have a backpack loaded up with things and tragedies too. I went Dora the Explorer for some reason. Anything that she might need, I got in sight for you. Anyway, do you want childhood trauma? Do you want? <laughs> let me get my file cabinet. Do you want actually. mom um, issues? Do you want? Let me see here. Um, uh, well, the mommy yeah. issues. Let's just slam. Wait, wait. There's another one. Um. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I've got four. Remember that episode of <laughs> The Office when Michael went and asked Toby about the complaints, and the ones for Dwight were in a separate box. That's the mom issues one. 
it's in a box all to itself. It's all, all, all by itself. I have a whole- Toby's like, wait a minute. I have a whole storage unit for that shit. Same. Um, along, along with religious. Yeah. Oh boy. Just, they're yeah, kind of both. Too. They're like kind of- They're, they're kind of hand They're in, in the hand. same storage unit next to each other. They There's are. like one year and they're four. And then I have a little file cabinet called, um, X's. <laughs> No, mine is a whole storage unit. <laughs> Yours is an entire storage <laughs> unit, not one spot. An entire storage one unit. One X is a whole storage facility. <laughs> I love that we're just talking. He is that. Groom Lake. He is fucking Area 51. This motherfucker is an underground bunker, okay? He is Raccoon City. He is that shit underneath Raccoon City. That's what the fuck. Rack City, bitch. The key virus came from that. I am dying. Even, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we're fine, guys. We're fine. Umbrella. It took me a minute to figure out. I was like, wait, Resident Evil. Hmm, there he is. Um, okay, anyway. Back to Robert. Uh, so, as Casper mentioned, Robert was born on April 13, 1961. He was born in Brooklyn, New York. His father was William Fisher, a banker, and his mother was Jan Howell, Howell being her maiden name. He has two sisters with whom he attended Saharo High School in Tucson, Arizona. I think I'd say that's right. Um, Fisher's parents divorced in 1976 when he was 15, and Fisher and his sisters went to live with their father. According to friends and relatives, the divorce was very turbulent and unsettling, leaving long-lasting effects on Fisher. A friend from high school stated that he was very bitter about it. Fisher reportedly spoke of it with coworkers at the Mayo Clinic Hospital close to the time of the murders and once confided to an associate that his life would not his life would have been different had Jan not left the family. So there was um and this is mentioned in that documentary by his by one of his sisters that uh his father was very abusive so you know that was definitely something that robert didn't take into consideration he considered his mom being the one that just abandoned the family because i'm sure that's how his father gaslit and manipulated the situation so it sort of put robert in this position of where he felt he didn't see his mother as a victim. He saw himself as a victim and his mom abandoning him. Um, I'll play the victim. But that's your life. not, that's ultimately not really what happened. Um, but yeah, it, it was said that he just, you know, his father had no emotion. And uh, that was very much the way that Robert was. Like, there was no affectionate. There was, there was nothing like that. And uh, he you know, I don't, I don't know so much about, I don't know if they mentioned physical, but definitely a lot of like mental abuse, um, different things like that on his dad's part. So, um, yeah, I, and he ultimately ended up being a lot like his dad, like just no emotion, like very difficult to get along with, like, even with the kids, like he didn't cry. And if the kids cried, he was really like stern about it in a very strange way. He just, um, he cheated on his wife and like, I guess she was just supposed to accept that. <laughs> like she wasn't right, supposed like to say anything cool about, about it. it. Like she was supposed to be fine about it. And like, um, 
she just like wasn't supposed to question anything either like if she it just yeah like he just he was a lot like his father in the way of thinking that like i'm i'm literally right about everything you don't question anything that i say i have total control of the family and i think to him he felt in a way that like his mom abandoned him his mom abandoned him and his dad lost control and uh I think, like, you know, his sister makes a comment in the documentary about saying, like, you know, well, he was 15, and you would think by the age of 15, it wouldn't affect you like that. But I think that, like, if there's a late, you know, it, some people, if they're in late stages of, um, you know, maturity and uh, puberty, like, between, like, 13 and 15, those are, like, really developmental times. And this could have mentally affected him a lot differently than it would have affected other people if it wasn't something that mentally he was able to process. And again, if his dad was, you know, gaslighting and abusive and all that, like, you know, obviously he his dad painted a different picture of it, so. He enlisted in the United States Navy and attempted to become part of the SEALs, but he wasn't successful. He was an avid outdoorsman, hunter, and fisherman. He worked as a firefighter in California, but was forced to retire after a back injury. He then moved his family to Arizona and embarked on a career in the medical field. He worked as a surgical catheter technician and respiratory therapist. Fish Fisher was a surgical technician at a Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale at the time of the murders. He married Mary... I'm sorry. <laughs> he married... Too many Marys. He married Mary Cooper... In 1987, he was described as a cruel and distant control freak toward his family, having once turned a garden hose on Mary after he perceived her to have spoken out of turn. The couple fought about sex and money when Mary take, with Mary taking a job she, that she told friends was a security fund. Fisher was embarrassed that his son Bobby did not like to hunt or fish and once tried to teach him and daughter Brittany how to swim by throwing them off a boat. Hunting partner Sandy Gillipsy, Gillipsy, God, said they were crying and Brittany was screaming and he pulled them back in the boat and said, now there, how's that? Fisher would not allow the walls in the house to be painted anything other than white and only a small number of pictures were allowed on the wall. Several, several times her mother had made special things like quilts. Mary's friend Kimberly Sue Davidson told police she was not allowed to hang them up. She had to store them in a closet and then she would, he would continually tell her, isn't it time you got rid of this stuff? Fisher nonetheless tried to hold on to an image as a devoted family man. Mary's mother, Jenny Cooper, told investigators that he didn't socialize often with family because of the fear of getting too close to people and losing them. Fisher's mother, Jan, told investigators that she had been a yes-sir wife who did not stand up to Fisher's father. She added that she saw similar dynamics in early, Fish early in Robert's marriage to Mary, that she had spoken to her about her concerns. A close friend of his stated that his family bore a striking resemblance to that of his childhood. Father had been an father. Okay. <laughs> You're like, what? What? Fisher had been an outdoorsman and a hunter since he was a young adult. Friends noticed him exhibiting disturbing behavior on hunting trips and other outdoor activities. In one case, after killing an elk, he began smearing its blood on his face. On at least one occasion, he snuck up behind a family that was picnicking and emptied his gun into the air. Several years before his wife and children died, Fisher shot a stray pit bull and claimed that he shot it because it attacked his Labrador Retriever, but police maintained that he orchestrated the encounter because he wanted to shoot the dog. 
Fisher had been an active participant in the Scottsdale Baptist Church's men's ministry, but in contrast to Mary, had begun to withdraw from these activities a few months prior to the murders. In 1998, the Fishers went to the senior pastor for marital counseling. Fisher told, is it fucked up that I read in 1998? And I was like, wait a minute, this happened 20 years ago. 20 years ago was 1991. Anyway. No. <laughs> Fisher told co-workers about a one-night affair with a prostitute he met in a massage parlor. He fretted Mary would find out that it was the cause of a urinary tract infection that left him ill for several days in December of 2000. They did not have a happy marriage, said Wade Rensock. Ren a former neighbor. What a last name, though. <laughs> they screamed constantly. Everybody heard it. You could hear it in the house next door, and you never really heard him scream, which is kind of weird. I mean, he had a way about him, but you never heard him scream. You always heard his wife screaming. Things like, you're worthless. I could have done better than you. We should get a divorce. I mean, she's not wrong. Fisher told a hunting companion that he was renewing his commitment to faith and marriage because he could not live without his family. Possibly hinting that he could consider suicide over divorce. According to psychologists, an intense fear of loss is not unusual for an individual traumatized by divorce while an adolescent. In the weeks before her death, Mary told several friends that she was going to divorce him. Yeah, she had planned on it. She had also suspected that it wasn't just that one time that he cheated. That oh, he yeah. had cheated multiple times. And, um... You know, there's just a lot that you can't put up with. Just, you know, the way that, you know, they were showing home movies. It was like, they were really one of these couples, which like a lot of people said, his parents were for a long time, where on the outside, they really tried to make it look like they were this perfect couple. Like they went to church and, um, you know, he'd, he, the kids would have sleepovers and, um, <clears throat> but you you saw hints of just really strange things like there was this one where um he grabbed his daughter's head and like spun her around and and he's like your mother is talking to you look at the camera like it was so weird for him to talk to a little kid like that she was only like maybe two or three yeah and he did that to his daughter like it was very very strange like if you didn't know this family like you would be like well, that's kind of fucking weird. And, you know, it always strikes me when you hear about cases that end up like this where the wife is murdered or the wife and kids are murdered or something, or murder-suicide or something to that effect. And you always hear of people that knew or neighbors that could visibly hear them screaming and fighting. And it's like, why didn't anybody do anything? Right. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just, that never... I mean, I'm not going to go over there and confront the neighbor, but at the very least, I would call the cops. You can report you can report a no, a noise complaint. You can report a wellness check. Like, and you don't have to give the cops your name. You don't have to tell them who you are. They don't have to know it's coming from a neighbor. But goddamn, let me tell you right now, if almost every single day I heard my next door neighbors neighbors screaming at each other, I would. I would call the fucking cops. Like, if that went on long enough, I would call the fucking cops. I would go, you know, I think there's something going on. You know what I mean? Like, we should have. At the very least, like, could you. You remember that? Yeah, no, yeah, I definitely remember that. Like, there was I one time they were screaming, that. and then all of a sudden we heard a giant thud, and it got quiet, and I was like, did somebody just 
die? Should we call the police right now? <laughs> I think some people are just so afraid to. And they think that they're somehow going to get found out. And I don't know. It's just, I know there's been times in my past that I've turned blind eyes to things. But then I've also had things personally happen to me where I'm just like, you know, you sort of wish somebody like would have said something. And now that I know that, it's like, yeah, look, you can do it anonymously. If shit, like, especially if you live, if you live somewhere where it's close enough where you hear somebody screaming or you're... And it, you know, it's not like a one-time thing. Like, you're hearing this a lot. You can, you can call the police. They don't have to know who you are. You don't even have to, yeah, you can just say, hey, like, I have a noise complaint. Or I think there should be a wellness check because something's, you know what I mean? Because you could be stopping a murder. Like, they, you just don't fucking legit know. Got like, and I asked somebody who worked there. I was like, what the fuck was going on with that? And apparently, this is bullshit, but they were like, yeah, uh, the guy was deaf. I was like, what? Yeah, no. I'm I was like, that. no. And my roommate was like, that's a fucking lie. Because she's like, I saw them outside talking together like we're talking right now. And they could hear each other fine. She's like, that was a fucking lie. I was like, well, I mean, we heard them. They were not yelling. It was screaming. Yeah, no. Every fucking <laughs> that's, day. That's something's going on. Like, there's a domestic disturbance. Maybe the apartment complex didn't want to say anything. I don't know. Maybe Probably. it could be a way of them covering their themselves. But that would just be it. That's a really... Why not just say nothing at all? Then make or up just something say, like that. Like that's a her, really weird. I was thing like, to you say. don't have to tell me because I'm like, I understand if you're not allowed to tell me or anything like that. But I was like, can you tell me what was going on? And she said, yeah, the guy was deaf. And that I'm sounds like, that's a fucking lie. Made up. And I, yeah, I don't know. That sounds made up to me. But anyway, just throwing that out there that if people hear something, like if you see something, say something. If you hear something, say something. Because seriously, like <laughs> there's a lot. And I mean, I know during. Look, during COVID, I can't even imagine, like, I, you know, I've been in an abusive relationship and I, you know, I've been with an abuser. Like, a lot of people were in COVID lockdowns and couldn't even get away from the person they were abusing. Like, there were some people like, look, I'd rather get COVID than stay in this situation. Like, I mean, you know, that's just, terrible, but that's a terrible thing to say. But seriously, if you've never been in that situation, then you wouldn't know. So, um, a neighbor reported hearing a loud argument inside the Fisher home. So this would have been the day before on April 9th of 2001. This was approximately 1030, 10 hours before um, it blew up in an explosion. However, police theorized that the murders took place between 930 and 1015. At 1043, Fisher was spotted on an ATM where he withdrew $280 and Mary's Toyota 4Runner was in the background. Mary was shot in the back of the head and Brittany and Bobby's throats were slashed from ear to ear. At 8.42, the house exploded. Firefighters were immediately alerted to the explosion, which was strong enough to collapse the front brick wall and rattle the frames of neighboring houses for one half mile in all directions. Before firefighters arrived, neighbors used garden hoses to try to keep the flames under control. Firefighters kept the 20-foot high blaze from spreading to other houses. A series of smaller secondary explosions believed to be caused by either rifle ammunition or paint cans forced them to keep their distance. One suffered minor injuries to his leg when he lost his balance and fell near the blaze. 
The, the gas line from the back of the house's furnace had been pulled. The accumulating gas was later ignited by a candle that Fisher had allegedly lit, waiting for the gas to accumulate and descend to the flame hours after it had been lit. This delayed fuse would have given him approximately a 10-hour head start in his successful attempt to evade law enforcement. Fisher's decision to have the house explode is believed to, have, believed to have been an attempt to conceal evidence of his crimes and possibly to cause the police to believe that he had died. The burned bodies of a woman and two children were found lying in bed in the burned out remains. They were identified as Mary. She was 38 at the time. Brittany was 12 and Bobby was 10. Investigators theorized that Fisher murdered his family because he felt threatened by Mary's intent to divorce him and he did not want Brittany and Bobby to go through what he had as a child. So yeah, that was initially what or initially what they believed and i i i've pretty much come to that conclusion myself i yeah. just you know especially and i really wouldn't have thought that much of it had his sister not been interviewed and his sister um <clears throat> excuse me being so open and honest about how for whatever reason this divorce just really affected Robert him. like it just he felt like that meant like you just don't get divorced and I I think when he was really religious at the time because you know a lot of churches that's pushed like you just don't get divorced you work on it even if there's abuse mm -hmm. um and you I come from the Baptist religion he, I know yeah um so <laughs> I think I think in his mind he really took it as if she would have I think he just expected her to put up with everything and like he felt that way about his mother like she was just supposed to put up with it and there are a lot of men and women there are a lot of people out there where they are just so deluded and and sociopathic in their way of thinking that they really believe that and a lot of that i'm sure comes from trauma and what they witness but they really believe that they can just treat their partner or their significant other like trash basically like they could just treat them however they want and they're literally just supposed to put up with it and not say anything about it and no and that was robert's way of thinking and he really thought that i think he also had it in his mind that if mary left either he was going to be stuck raising the kids by himself like his dad was or that mary would take the kids away and he would never see them again and i think both of those he was like absolutely not yeah, he was like no i'm not gonna do like deal with it either of that's those things. that's not happening like i'm not gonna do that um so he disappeared at the time of the murders and was named as an official and to date the only person of interest in the case on april 14 2001 was arizona department of public safety officers were instructed in a statewide bulletin to arrest him. On April 20th, the last physical evidence of his whereabouts surfaced when the police found Mary's Toyota 4Runner in Tonto National Forest near the towns of Young and Pace in Arizona, 100 miles north of Scottsdale. I did want to make a quick comment why, if people were wondering why he took Mary's car and not his own. Apparently, and this was mentioned too in the documentary, I think he had a truck yeah, that a was truck. really loud. Yeah. So if he would have started it up that early in the morning, everybody would have heard it. And he wanted to get away as quietly right as possible before the explosion happened. So I just wanted to throw that out there if no one saw the documentary and was wondering, like, why does he have Mary's car? That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the family dog, Blue, was found outside the car. 
An Oakland Raiders hat identical to the one that he was seen wearing at the ATM was found inside the vehicle. A pile of human excrement was found near the passenger door. Although police searched the area immediately around where the vehicle was discovered, they only searched out one of dozens of nearby caves. Some of these caves form a complex underground network spanning out for miles underneath the surface. Several professional cavers have suggested that he used them as a hiding place before either escaping, killing himself, or dying from low <clears> oxygen <throat> levels. Professional cavers have visited these caves many times in the years since the murders, but no sign of him has ever emerged. That's what always made me wonder. I think that's what made me wonder even more if he possibly got away, because even over the years, if they really searched these caves extensively, if he did die in one of those caves, they would have found some type something. of human remains, bones, something. I, yeah, so... Uh, the spot on which the Toyota was discovered was located less than a mile from the Fort Apache Indian Reservation, an area which police never searched. A couple reported seeing a man resembling him walking along the nearby Young Road several days before the discovery of the truck. According to them, when the woman saw him, she said to her husband, that looks like Robert Fisher. However, they waited until the truck was found to report the tip. Lori Greenbeck, an acquaintance of the Fisher family, said that her husband had gone camping with Fisher in the area where the truck was found shortly before April 10th. She said that her husband believed that he was scouting the area. According to her, he was very familiar with the region. On July 19th, a state arrest warrant was issued in Phoenix, charging Fisher with three <clears throat> counts of first-degree murder and one account of arson. Subsequently, he was declared a fugitive, and a federal arrest, uh, arrest, arrest warrant was issued by the United States District Court for the District of Arizona, charging him with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. On June 29, 2002, Fisher was named by the federal by the FBI as the 475th fugitive to be placed on its 10 most wanted list. He was also on America's most wanted dirty dozen list of its most notorious fugitives. It was profiled on The Hunt with John Walsh. Walsh. The That's F on Netflix, by the way. If anybody wanted to The check Hunt it with out. John Walsh? Yeah. The FBI, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> the FBI offers a reward of up to $100,000 for information leading to Fisher's capture. By April 2003, the FBI had received hundreds and hundreds of leads. However, all reported sightings of him had been inconclusive or false. In the years immediately following his disappearance, some people living in his old neighborhood reported seeing a man resembling him driving in the area. In February 2004, an individual with a striking physical resemblance to Fisher was arrested in Vancouver, Canada by the Royal Canadian Mountain Police. The man had a missing tooth where Fisher had a gold bicuspid, as well as a surgical star on his back, also like Fisher. However, his fingerprints did not match. He was held by Canadian police for approximately one week until a relative correctly identified him. Responding to speculation that his fingerprints had been altered, Scottsdale Detective John Kirkham said that there was no scarring on them to suggest this. The man's identity was not released. The FBI alerted, alerted local law enforcement in 2012 that Fisher may be living in the Payson area in Gila County, Arizona. In October 2014, police related, re, raided a house in Commerce City, Colorado, after receiving a tip that he was hiding there, despite arresting two occupants, they did not find any sign of him. In April of 2016, FBI officials and Scottsdale police displayed new age-enhanced photos of Fisher during a news conference on the 15th anniversary of the murders. So we're reading this from Wikipedia, guys. If you actually go to the Wikipedia page and you can see the altered photos, 
I could, you know, that, that story in Canada, a lot of people think that was him. And there was even someone in the documentary that said that they knew him and looked right at him and said that, that, that they know that was Robert. The well, he is, says that the, the guy even looked at him like. The thing is, though, it is a lot. It is really hard to alter fingerprints. I don't think a lot of people understand that when they specifically mention scarring, there would be something to show that fingerprints would be altered. You would have to burn your fingerprints off. That's a common yeah. thing. You know, I mean, I've seen that. That's a common thing that people do um, that they think can get away from having them be fingerprinted. But it, it's it's going to be noticed. Notice. You're yeah. going to have scars. So, um, or trying to cut, like, that was a, I mean, I know it's a movie, but the movie Seven, like, when, he, yeah. when John Doe cut his fingerprints off, like, well, there's going to be scars. So, it's like... Yeah, they would know. Because, I mean, that's literally part of, that's your skin. Yeah. You can't, you can't do it without something. They would know. So, I mean. It's just very coincidental that the guy had the same scar and had a, the same missing tooth. Like, But going back to those pictures, it again brings up the fact that it, it could, you know, when they said he bore a striking resemblance, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he did. It's like I said, this guy could literally, I've. Every single one of these altered photo photographs, I've seen that guy everywhere. Mm -hmm. it, it's <laughs> that's what's so fucked up about this is that he could literally be anywhere because he looks like any average guy. This guy, right? This oops. <laughs> this one picture right here looks like Sawyer from Lost. I know, right? Oh my god, it does. <laughs> we solved the mystery. Um. Well, shit. I know. Um. He's armed. What? He's considered armed and extremely dangerous and has ties to Florida and New Mexico. Now, if he didn't get rid of it, they said that the murder weapon, the um, gun that shot Mary, was not found amongst the other... Because he had, like, a cachet of guns. Yeah. And that's what they believed uh, was shooting out of the house with the explosion was bullets, because there were still, like, bullet uh, boxes of bullets. The gun that shot Mary was never found. So they believe if he never got rid of that, that's why he's considered armed and dangerous because that gun was never found. So it's assumed that that's the gun that he would still have on him. Um, the case attracted significant attention and numerous theories have spawned about what happened to him. Due in part to such factors such as the length of time that has gone by since his disappearance and the small amount of money that he is believed to have had with him, there have been speculation that he committed suicide or died, although others disagree. It is thought that he may have started a new life under a suit, under an assumed identity, there's a theory that he has possibly used his survival skills to continue living in the wooded area near Payson. Police and survival experts are skeptical due to the difficulty of finding food and shelter in the area. Yeah, I, I think he dipped through that Indian reservation. I think that's exactly what happened. Because if they never looked there, that would have been the easiest place for him to go. Oh, 100%. And it wasn't like he was some... That was another thing that's been kind of misconstrued. Is like he wasn't some like survivalist. No. I mean, he went camping and fishing a few times, but I've been camping and fishing a few times. I definitely wouldn't motherfucking call myself a survivalist. I'm not going to, you know, just dump me out there. In the woods and be a like, I got stick in a lighter and I'm going to MacGyver that shit and survive for the next. No, absolutely not. Yeah, like, like, so that was basically him. He wasn't like a, like an outdoor survivalist. I mean, he could get around, but it wasn't, yeah. He no. wouldn't be able to live. No. No. On that. Absolutely not. No. He could be living in a small town where he gets paid cash and, and minor handyman. Look, guys, like, it is a lot easier to live, especially prior to 
it was super easy to live off the grid. And he could have hopped on a flight too. Like flights were cheap. And this was like way before they did any security. This is why a lot of people think he's out of the country because this was prior to 9-11. So it was like, there were like no security measures. This It's like, if people don't know what flying and shit was like prior to 9-11, it was way fucking easier than it was now. And think about you it. You pretty much just walked in, gave them your ticket. You didn't have to, you didn't even have to show an ID or anything. You just walked in, gave the ticket, hopped on the plane, and you were the fuck out. Like And think about it, right? I mean, what, 9-11 was five months later? Do you really think he'd return to the country after that? That's why I'm more I'm more likely to think. Especially with the fact that he took out only $280. That's like just enough for a plane ticket. Yeah. And they weren't that expensive back so, then either, so. And, and again, like I said, you didn't have to show an ID. You didn't have to show an ID. So nobody, he could have went in, bought a plane ticket, and booked it the fuck out. You could, you could pay with cash. You yep. could just walk in. I know a lot of people, this is blowing their fucking minds. They like, didn't know anything about this before 9-11. You could literally, no ID, nothing. Just walk in, buy a plane ticket, hop on that plane, and boogie the fuck out. And I'm telling, it sounded to me more and more, especially with them pinpointing on this $280. Like, why did he only take out $280? Bucks? It's like, well, that's like just enough for a plane ticket. Yep. Especially because he ain't going to get it round trip. He's not going to come back. And He's then, like, like you back. mentioned, too, with 9-11 happening exactly, like, five, almost to the day, exactly five months later. He's like, oh, I'm definitely not fucking coming Yeah, back. especially because he would know how much security would go up. And he's like, oh, I'll get caught. And Absolutely it would be not. very easy to live off the grid. It would be very easy to get a, to get a different ID somewhere to you know, not have to have a bank account. You just, like you said, you it even happens here. You could work as a handyman and just be paid under the table and get yeah. paid in cash. He could be fucking mowing lawns and nobody, for cash. Anything. That's why a lot of them, that's why a lot of people think he might be in Mexico. So, um. It was, let's see. Um, he could be in a big city and just blend in. It was postulated that he may have crossed the southern United States border. A hostile encounter occurred in Guatemala in 2009 between tourists and a man said to resemble him. FBI agent Bob Caldwell's sense of his personality and habits is that he is arrogant, cocky, a know-it-all, and a loner. He chews tobacco and favors the Copenhagen brand, sometimes walks in an odd, erect manner with his chest out due to a back problem stemming from an injury that suffered from a firefighter and is an avid hunter and fisherman. Yeah, the, the scar so, on his back, he's had back surgery. So maybe this is the best we have, knowing he did it and never finding him again. Yeah, I'm. I am honestly more more apt to believe that he hopped on a plane. Yeah, and just never came back. To and the just States. never came back. Now, because now I'm now I'm curious. I'm gonna look up. Have... Oh, you're looking up ticket costs. I mean, because I'm like, that just has got me really fucked up that he took out exactly $280. And I'm like, that's it. Like. <laughs> Becky, be looking. What is that? Okay, so it only tells me, like, in 2010, I can't find anything for, like, 2001. Um, 
right around now, like average domestic flights around like three, four hundred dollars, something like that. So yeah, I mean, I mean that makes sense. That was what in two thousand one. Literally yeah. 20 years ago, that's obviously going to be way cheaper. Yeah, it could have very well been like, and I think more, probably an international flight. That sounds about right. Like it would have been $280. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm, it's, he's not that old. So it's not like it couldn't be out of, you know, out of the possibility that he would have hopped on a plane and left and that he could still be living out there somewhere because he, like they, like they said, like they said on the documentary, he could blend in so well. And there's really, okay, check it out. No distinguishing features. Average domestic airline fare was $324. From Boston to Seattle was 259 Okay. From Chicago to Atlanta is 169 And from New York to LA, it was 322 Okay. But let's so that say... that does sound about right. Let's say even if he didn't have enough, he could have easily done under-the-table shit or done some kind of job real quick for somebody and got the extra money that he needed and then booked it, you know? Maybe he sold something of his. You know? Maybe he took something. Maybe he sold the gun. Who fucking That's knows? That's the other thing, too. Like we said, the gun... If the gun is still... Uh, if he doesn't have the gun anymore... And he sold it under the radar... And he would have sold Who the fuck gun. would know who yeah. has that gun now? I'm trying to look here and see. Um, 1991... Because when you talk about people that disappeared and people act like, oh, well, how, how easy would that be? Okay. Uh, Whitey Bulger. Mm -hmm. He was missing for 12 fucking years before they finally found him. Yep. 12 years. And it said that, um, uh, yeah. When you look like. He was added to the FBI's most wanted list in 1999. He was finally apprehended in Santa Monica, California. On June 22nd, 2011. And by this time he was 81 years old. Like, they caught... That's what I'm saying. He... For Whitey Bulger... I mean, I'm, I'm telling you. There's, here again, he was an old white guy. Had a beard. I mean, he literally... Like, people... He lived in an apartment. He would go to the same coffee shop. Neighbors would wave at him. They said he was just kind of a cranky old man. But... I mean, and he literally, he had, he had cash bare. I mean, they, they dug in the walls and he had like put cash in the walls. So when you say that someone can't disappear, I always bring up Whitey Bulger, 12 fucking years. And it's not like he fled the country. He was living in Santa Monica <laughs> in an apartment. Yeah. And people thought he was just some old cranky white man. So yeah, you know, research like, your old cranky white men. Here neighbors. I'm here I'm thinking, you know, uh, Bob Fisher, Robert Fisher is just you know like out of the country somewhere, and he could literally be in some random city, like just 
again, like, look out, because Whitey Bulger was like this too, cranky, a loner, like, didn't talk to people. Like, I'm telling you, if he's, if he's still around, he could be living somewhere where he just keeps to himself. And people just think he's some cranky old guy and just never thought, just never think another thing of it. If they, if they're not familiar with this case, I have a if legitimate, they don't know anything about this case. I have a legitimate feeling he's in Mexico. I don't know why, but I do. I think he's in Mexico too. I just think it would have been really, really likely convenient. for him to have gone it was just to Mexico. Convenient. Just very convenient from the proximity of where he was in Arizona. And uh, really he wouldn't have even had to, he wouldn't have had to fly you know yeah no he didn't know maybe maybe he fucking hitchhiked and paid someone to or like you said that reservation he could have taken he could have paid someone um i don't know how many fucking movies i've seen where people are on the run and they just pay they see like a random car on the side of the road for sale and nobody asks for a title or nothing and they just give them the cash and they take the fucking car and they just drive off <laughs> yep and i'm like well he could have probably done that shit too. Maybe check and see if the person buying the car isn't a one of you Um, so apparently this has not lost interest in the media, at least in and around Scottsdale. Um on uh April twelfth of this year, AZ Central, um, which I'm guessing is a local publication in Arizona, um they published an article that said st still missing inside the Robert Fisher fugitive case 20 years later. Um, so there's still interest in this. Um, Don't they still get tips? I'm glad that it's still reported. Uh, Scottsdale police, the Scottsdale police detective in charge of the case, John Heinzelman said that he still receives about two to three tips a week about Fisher or about a hundred leads a year. Um, so the Arizona Republic uh, spent three months researching the Fisher case for the 20th anniversary that happened April 10th of 2001. Um, so this is a, this was the another publication. Um, they mentioned in this article that there are three main theories about what happened to him, that he is somewhere living under an assumed identity, which I believe happened. Oh, 100%. Um, that he killed himself, but they haven't found his body. And that he was on the run for weeks but has since died and they still have not found his remains or his body. Um, I don't honestly think he's dead. I think he's just hiding. Most of the investigators on the case are absolutely convinced that he is still alive and that he's just eluding them. Um, I, it's just, I mean, he's really, it wasn't like he was in bad health and it's really right. not like he's that old. Like, it's, you know, 60, like... There is such a high probability that he could still be alive. There really is a high probability that he could still be alive. And I'm, I very much believe that he could be in Mexico. Um, they also mentioned in this article too, that if he fled to another country, listen, listen, and this is literally exactly what I just said. If he fled to another country, his timing couldn't have been better. The murders happened five months before the September 11th terrorist attacks when increased surveillance in airports and elsewhere would have made it much harder to sneak out of the country. Uh, Fisher also has average unremarkable. <laughs> Listen to what they said. When he fled, he was six foot tall, 190 pounds, and had close cropped hair. I, I, I mean, there's a million different white guys I could say <laughs> just like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, 
I I think he's in, I really, truly think he's in Mexico. I think if they looked inside every single one of those caves over the last 20 years and around that area, they would have found something by now. Um, people also said, too, that he was just way too cocky to have killed himself. Like, that just, there's a lot of people out, like, it just, certain people that are that narcissistic, they yeah. don't kill themselves. No. They don't kill themselves. When they're, yeah, when you're, when you're that type of person, you don't kill yourself. Like that, no. That makes no sense. That would make no sense. That's just, it's like not even in there. Um, I think for him that he didn't realize, I, I I don't think that he even realized the gravity of what he did until after he did it. Um, and I think he just wants to live off the grid and away from everybody. Yeah. Uh, I think he knows he fucked up. But hey, again, we don't know. Look, in 20 years, we could be watching on the news him getting arrested in some apartment in Florida somewhere or something. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like again, like I said, Whitey Bulger was 81 years old when they found him. So in 20 years, Robert Fisher would be 80. He could still be alive. He could so, slip up somewhere. Yeah, I mean... Or but, someone just see him and be like, hold up. <laughs> but I mean if anybody you know obviously if anybody has information about this you know report it to Scottsdale Arizona Police Department or the FBI um, you know you can leave FBI tips online it's FBI.gov um, I really truly believe someone knows he's out there and uh, you know I mean like they said they still to this day get tips about this it's been 20 years I'm glad that uh, local outlets in Arizona are still reporting about this because, you know, at the end of the day, there are, there were three lives lost that had no reason to be lost at all. It was a senseless, senseless murder. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, okay, Mary shouldn't have died but it's like, dude, your kids, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I just never understand these. It's like that Chris Watts thing. Like, fuck that guy. Fuck him. Fuck, fuck him. Like, I'm sorry, I got loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, am just, I, I look at his face and I get so angry. Yeah. I just, I, I get incensed. Like, I can't even like. Mm. It really fucked me That's up. That's why I can't even watch that stuff on Netflix. Because I know how, oh my God, no. I yeah. don't even talk about it. Because I just, he. That's like that. There's one. like one. There are just certain cases where I'm like, I can't. I can't even talk about. Let alone, I don't think we'll ever do a podcast episode about because I. I haven't even watched y'all. I haven't even watched that Netflix thing. I. I literally can't. I know enough about the case to where I'm just like, fuck that motherfucker. I'm. I, I literally know. can't. I just can't with him. I, I don't know if it was on the Netflix thing or what it was off of. It was off of one of the cams of the cops that went into the house. They caught voices on the cam. Have, did you see that? And they also caught a child at the top of the stairs. Like, I don't remember exactly what I saw this on. I think it was News Top 5 because it was either the Netflix documentary or someone that had a, the, the police cam. You know, wherever they so had it. So it was it. when he was in the house and they were questioning, like, the police were coming in. Because I kind of No, there was, that. it was when nobody was in the house. Oh, so it was, they were just going in the house for some reason. I don't remember why. 
um, I guess maybe clues, maybe they were looking for clues or something, there is a child's voice caught on one of the police cams, oh, and I, I don't remember what I've it said. I've never heard anything about this before. Um, and also, he's like standing, and then at the top of the stairs, if you look, it looks like there's a child peeking out from the stairs. Yeah, and, I won't watch like, anything. Like, that was so sad. I can't watch anything about it. I, I mean, I, yeah, I haven't heard that. I'm sure it did happen, but, like... But, see, I don't know what that happened on because it was on Noob's Top 5, and he takes internet videos right. from different things, so I don't remember... He said where he got it, but I don't remember where he got it. But it was definitely that house. But that's just... So, I'm just letting you guys know that if that's one case that you think that we're going to cover, we're not. Because no. I, I can't... Me, personally, I can't talk about it. That's fucked up. I get... I get angry like i mean i get like whoo like I, like, I, like i gotta scream into the void angry or i'm gonna choke someone like i can't handle well i'm the like, only I person really, in this room like, so no, i want to choke him but um <laughs> anyway guys mary was 38 Brittany was 12 and bobby was 10 there it just like literally there's no reason why these three lives should be gone and Brittany and bobby were children so there's literally no excuse uh, like I hate when things happen to adults, but I'm like you. Yeah, but when it's kids, it's, when like it's kids, even it's this just... story, I was a little hesitant to talk about because again, we don't like to talk about children. I don't like to bring up anything with kids. I really don't. But it's something about when a parent does it. I just um. Now next month we are going to talk about the Jamonet Ramsey case, and I know that's a kid, but I just feel like that's a case. I there's just I am so dead set on how I feel about that case. And I just, and and I think a lot of people will agree with how I feel about it, that that's why I want to talk about that one. Now, obviously, we're not going to dwell on the actual murder itself, because everybody knows what happened. And I really don't want to talk about that, because she was six years old, and I don't even want to dwell on that. But no. I just want to talk about, like, everything that happened around it, and the police botched the fuck out of that entire case, so we will literally never know who did it. But it's just so interesting, because I think people all, I think there's so many people that kind of have an idea and i have a really pretty big idea but um yeah we we usually don't like to talk about kids but this was one only because i still believe he's out there and i really believe that someone knows and uh at some point i'm at least i'm hoping he's caught but um yeah i mean we talked about albert fish that was enough oh gee well we didn't read the fucking mm, no. well and those that one was interesting only because i think a lot of the reason why i i specifically wanted to do that one is because it stuff that is ha stuff that like happens turn of the century i think people have this idea in their head that they think that like serial killers or sick shit like that only is only like 20th century that like that only oh, yeah. happened like in the like 50s 60s 70s like that sick motherfuckers have been around forever that's why that albert fish hh H. holmes those kind of stories are so interesting to me and there are um bell gunness i mean there are so many of them we haven't even talked about where it's like these were all way before the turn of the century like 1800s, early 1900s, and these people were fucked up. And I think, and I, that's why I like to do those specifically because I really believe a lot of people have it in their brains yep. that they have this like weird idea that, that oh, that was a better time. This didn't, what the fuck? They weren't caught because- It was just easier for them to get away with them. Right. Like, there was so much of that going on back then, a lot more than I think people realize. 
what they fail to understand is that you were you could get away god damn look you had nothing back then you could get away with literally anything look yep. at all the stuff that hh forged hh holmes forged everything had a billion different aliases motherfucker <laughs> married a million different you could literally do anything because there's no computers no technology no phones no nothing you just had to write it down on a piece of paper and, and, a, and a handshake and there you go like have you ever had it was a, a totally different world when, when you when when you can when when you can that one when when you feel like you could you can do anything right there yes yes I know. <laughs> um yeah that concludes i i really everyone should watch that to be documentary it's very good it's um it's it's like an hour tops it it's is an hour and a half quick to watch yeah hour and a half it is so quick to watch and it just gives you because you see those home movies, and I'm telling yeah, you, yeah, that really kind of those me up. are like, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's that's all I got about Robert. Robert. <laughs> oh, fancy, Mister Fish. <laughs> um. So yeah, guys. So next week we will be talking about our experiences that we're going to be having this weekend. Um. We're going to be sleeping all weekend when we're not there. <laughs> it's going to be, um, I'm very excited. We're both very excited. Um, it's always the driving up onto it. That's like the, because like when we first, it was really funny because when we drove up onto Mansfield, I was just driving along, like barely, I was looking at my GPS and making sure I made all the right turns and Becky's like smacking my arm and like, it's right there. And I was like, I don't see. And I looked over and there's this fucking massive... It's also in a weird, like, this This is different, though. Like, mm -hmm. I think what's so different from this than Mansfield and even um, Waverly, Waverly is, like, this is in the middle of, the, of this fucking town. So there's no, like, <laughs> you drive and, oh, it's there. It's like, oh, it's right the fuck there. Like, there's a school building. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> in the middle of this town. So there's no, yeah. It's but still it's gonna still be gonna weird. look. It's no. It's still gonna look fucking crazy. I think it's probably gonna weird me out even more that it's literally smack in the middle of this goddamn town. It's I know. We're just gonna, gonna be like up. cross the bridge and it's like oh, there's right a school, post there. office, prison, <laughs> uh, houses, and... abandoned prison. So I can't wait. But um, yeah, we'll talk about that next week, you guys. And of course, you know our socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All at DFWT. DFWTO podcast handle DFWTO eighty eight eleven. We are on Podbean, Google Podcast, iTunes, and Spotify. Give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. Give us a review. And you'll always know when we put out new episodes. Yes, please. iTunes and Spotify especially. Please follow us on Spotify and rate and review us on iTunes. Those are really, really important for our numbers. And yeah, we appreciate um, it. I'm so sorry. I know. We're, and we appreciate the support. Um... You know, sometimes we things happen and we don't come every Wednesday, but uh, wow. Um, <laughs> my uterus hated me last week. Women have periods. Oh, so uh, yeah. what? <laughs> I know, right? Women go through that, at least I do. I'm pretty sure I or do. did. Then I do. <laughs> my brain's not working anyway. anyway um, okay, guys, we love you. Have a great week, and remember don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Okay, bye. Oh my god, this chair. <laughs> Jesus, bye.